it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Because Washington did not have a typical practice on Tuesday, most of it was just prep work for New England with only one legitimate 11 on 11 series. The rest of the time, it was much more like scout team work where and even the starter starting defense, for example, they would hold up a placard with what they wanted the guys to do on that play to give the offense a look. Just some real last-minute prep work for New England. So it's really not worth having a practice report. However, I'll be joined by Washington's second-year linebacker, Khalid Hudson, as he talks about his role on the defense, how he packs a punch despite being smaller or at least shorter than the typical linebacker, and how he stays connected to his father approximately eight years after his death. Also, I talked to Nikki Jabala of the Washington Post as we look ahead to Thursday's preseason opener and discuss various parts of training camp, her thoughts on the quarterback situation and other position battles. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story Friday on receiver Terry McLaurin going inside what makes him such a good receiver and why he'll only keep getting better. And now, here's my conversation with linebacker Khalid Hudson how he still draws motivation from his late father. First of all, I'm just curious how you feel your second camp is going and just what things where you feel you're better at. I feel that I feel that my second camp is going very well. I feel that I um, got better at all aspects of my game, honestly. I feel like uh, just knowing the defense better, uh, using my hands better, reacting to certain plays and certain formations, knowing what offenses will do out of certain formations. Just my overall uh, football IQ, I feel like it has got better from this year, I mean from last year to this year. So I'm very excited for uh, our first preseason game coming up on Thursday. I'm, I'm excited for the season to start in general, just be able to show how much I've progressed and, 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 and how much, uh, yeah, I just can't wait. What kind of plays are you making because of that extra, that increased knowledge? You know, just uh, making plays in the running game, uh, making plays in the passing game, um, even on special teams, uh, being in the right places at the right time and really um, executing my technique. So just all the way, all, all the way around, I just feel like I improved at all aspects. One of the things you notice, I notice about you is you pack a punch when you get there. You know, everybody talks about your size. When I see you getting into guys, you know how to get into them and basically push them back. Yeah. Where do you get that power? And is that a, how much of that is a strength in your game? Uh, I get the power. I mean, I really feel like I was born with the power. I always been a strong kid, you know, growing up and stuff. But uh, <laughs> just using my technique and all that, that's all it is technique you know guys are bigger than me you know taller than me whatever but at the end of the day it don't matter it's, it's whoever technique is going out out do the other man's technique so yeah, I don't really mind it being uh, a smaller linebacker I'm actually glad, I'm glad they think I'm a small linebacker so that's when they come and come and get me I show them something else but yeah so it's fine 
as small as a relative term here in the NFL, but like still for you, and you get a you get a kick out of that. Do you do you stun guys because of that? I mean, yeah, I'm a stun guys no matter what. No matter if I was a big linebacker or what. So, I mean, I just play my game. I just play my game. Whatever the linemen or offense think about me is whatever they think. I just know what I'm going to bring to the table every time I strap it up. But how much too do you think that? Because your experience, you you were running back in safety in high school, and you got that safety experience. I think you did you play a little bit of that in Michigan? Yeah. Okay, so you have that experience. How much does it help you in that role when they you go put you in the Buffalo nickel, which is you kind of have to be a linebacker slash safety? Well, yeah, it helps me a lot uh, that I did it in Michigan and be able to do it again here. So a lot of the things overlap. Things that I learned at Michigan it was this, the same thing we're doing here, where I'm learning here. So it's definitely a help that um, I played the position before and. Yeah, it's not an issue, you know. I mean, I could do whatever. I could be lined up in a slot and in a box or back deep if they had asked me to. So I feel like I'm very versatile and be able to do it all. When you're in that role, what's the key? What do you have to do well to make sure you can stay in that role? Oh, just make sure I uh, do do what the defense that we call is asking me to do. Be where I got to be. Trust, trust that my teammates around me is going to do their job to the best of their ability also. And, you know, that's all I got to do is do my job do my job and don't you know don't try to do anything extra was that is that a tough lesson to learn I mean you, know, you want to come out here and make plays but and I know everybody says do your job is that a tough lesson to learn or did you you know was that easy for you it's definitely a, a tough lesson to learn because you always want to make plays you always want to you know uh, thinking that you're going to guess right or you want to jump this or jump that but at the end of the day you just got to trust your teammates around you that they're going to do their job to the best of their ability so everybody's clicking at once have you always felt like you're either a little bit underrated, under people undersell you a little bit? Do you ever feel like that? I mean, I feel like that sometimes, but I mean, nowadays I, I really don't even think about it no more. I really don't care what somebody or anybody think of me because I know what I'm going to do every day. I know what I'm going to bring to the table, and I know how hard I'm going to work every day. So the outside noise don't really matter to me. Did it take you a little bit to learn that? No, nah, I mean, no, nah, not really. Because I've always been the type of guy who, like, I know what I'm doing. I know how hard I'm going to work every day. So, yeah, other people's opinions don't matter. So it, it wasn't hard for me. And it's funny because I bring that up because, again, you're not a small guy. And I, don't, I hate using that phrase, but, like, Jared Patterson, smaller than a typical running back. Yeah. You don't have the typical linebacker size. And I just wonder, like, that – and I know with Jared, you use things to your advantage because of that. Do you kind of take pride in what you can do when you don't have that prototypical size? Yeah, for surely. That's that's when I go to things that I know I'm good at, like my speed, you know, my quickness, getting around blocks, getting to a point before, you know, the offensive lineman think I'm going to get there. And then I'm also, you know, pretty strong. So shocking, shedding them, uh, you know, tackling aggressively and just doing everything like a – normal size right. linebacker. Yeah, and I don't, like I said, I mean, but there, you can use size to your advantage. Yeah, for sure, I use size to my advantage. You had a camp this summer, I think it was in Pittsburgh, was it? Yeah. What does that mean to you to go back to your home area and have those kind of camps now? Oh, it means a lot for me. It means a lot to get back to my community, get back to the kids growing up, and being a, uh, being motivation for them to for them to know that they could do it too. You know, I was, I was in their shoes, I was going to camps when I was younger, and you know, just seeing how happy they were just made me, just made my heart just melt. You know, just seeing kids happy, being able to get back to the kids and be able to be the role model that, you know, I'm supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to do that every year, have like an annual camp and things like that. So 
you know, I'm really into the community. So uh, when I'm able to give back and things like that, it just, you know, makes me makes me happy. Why is that important to you? It's important to me because the city I grew up in, just how they stay hard on me, you know, growing up, all my coaches who coached me always coached me hard. They always knew, you know, I was going to be one of the good ones. So they always, you know, stayed on top of me, made sure I was doing the right things, made sure I was never uh, around any, like, around a bad crowd or anything like that. And just the way that my dad raised me, you know, he always raised me to go hard every day, uh, always raised me to um, just treat, opportun treat every opportunity like it's your last and go out there and be a dog. So. That's why I just want to get back to the community uh, because they need something like that. They need somebody they can look up to. They need somebody they can uh, say that like, I did this because he did it. So that's what I'm trying to be. How much, and that, you know, you brought up your dad. How much is he still a motivating factor in your life? And it's been, I think it's almost seven years now, right? Yeah, 2013, so yes. Eight years. Seven, eight years, yeah. Oh, can you ask the question again? I'm yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just curious how much your dad remains a motivating factor for you. Oh, my dad motivates me every day. You know, I got him tattooed on my side. So every day I wake up and I just look in the mirror, I see my dad there and just knowing that he's still with me every day and everything he instilled in me since I was a baby, I still live off them rules today. You know, he, me and all my other brothers, we all... Worked hard every day. Our dad took us to work out. He took us to do extra football drills and things like that. So just him staying on top of all of us and being hard of us or being hard on us really helped me in the long run. You used to have a ritual where you basically talked to him before every game or something like that. I think when you were at Michigan, if I yeah. read that correct, do you still do that before every game? I still do that before every game. Yeah, I sit there, I have a conversation with my dad, you know what I mean? I write his name on my wrist tape, or I write the day that he passed away on my wrist tape, just to just to you know show that he, uh, he's always with me, and you know I love him forever, and everything he has did for me in my life really paid off, cause he knew I was gonna be here someday. It was just up to me to have that same belief and be able to put the work ethic next to the belief. So he knew I was gonna be here the whole time. So now I'm here. I just wanna make him happy. Did he? Would he tell you that? Oh, he will for surely tell me that. He'll be bragging. <laughs> He'll be bragging all of his friends saying that, yeah, my son's in the NFL, da da da. So, man, it's just, it's, it's definitely super sad that he's not here, but everything happens for a reason. You know, maybe if he was still here, I wouldn't be here. You never know. So, maybe that fueled me to work even harder. So, uh, I never question God. Everything happens for a reason. So, man, only thing I can do is just make him proud now. And I, I just, when you go through something like that and survive, how much does that toughen you up for anything else you face? Oh, uh, it, it toughened me up a lot. You know, that was probably 100% the hardest thing I ever went to, just because how much my dad was in my life, how much my dad was in my whole family's life. And when he wasn't there no more, it was definitely something that we had to like adjust to. And it wasn't easy at all. A lot of things was happening. You know, a lot of things was going left, but at the end of the day, you gotta keep your head on straight and do right for your dad, do right for yourself. And, you know, I just wanted to be like the man he was, the provider he was for our family. So that's just, you know, my goal. Be like him.
I appreciate you sharing all that. And I got through an interview with that with you without telling you that I went to Ohio State. So <laughs> uh, it's cool. I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't blame you to be honest. But it was. I I actually enjoyed watching you when you were in college. You you were a demon out there for yes, them. Sir. So it's 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 kind of fun to see what you do out here. So yeah. thanks a lot. Yes, sir. You're welcome. After this break, I'll be back with Mickey Jabala of the Washington Post as we look ahead to New England, plus some thoughts after more than two weeks of training camp and what is her biggest concern. Hey folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance slash kime to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance slash kime, K-E-I-M, no.com. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Mickey Jabala of the Washington Post. By the way, you can follow her on Twitter at Mickey Jabala, N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. All right, Nikki, we finally get to see him playing a game. I want to get to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks in a minute, but I do want to talk about the preseason game against New England Thursday first. What are you looking forward to watching on Thursday? I'll be looking for the guys that are on the bubble, guys at spots where the competition is steep and they're really fighting for roster spots because this is this is when you win jobs. Um, you know, a lot of the younger players, they didn't have this last year. Um, so guys, you know, deep on the running back list, um, Jared Patterson, how will he show out right. in this game? Um, receiver, how will some of the younger receivers vying for spots? Um, I, I also think how guys play on special teams will be incredibly important. I, I know that's probably the least sexy aspect, especially in prison. But yeah, especially on this team. Um, And then deciding that last receiver spot with the returner position. Um, And then, you know, in the trenches, the offensive line. Um, How are they shuffling guys? What combinations are they using? Um, You know, I know most eyes will be on the quarterback. I'm curious to see how much time they actually give Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then, you know, what will be the split with with Taylor Heineke and and Steven Montez? Um, I think the, the you know, that quarterback competition, if there is one still for that backup job, I mean, that it'll become more real if, if Kyle Allen is able to come back right. and get some, some reps in right. a preseason game. But. With receiver, mm-hmm. how do you – because obviously, like, I think we – I think most of us go in there with, obviously, Terry and Adam, Curtis, Diami, Cam, mm-hmm. Sims, because mm-hmm. going to going camp. There's probably one or two more spots there. How are you looking at that group right now that for fighting for that spot after a couple weeks? Yeah, the the three that I've been focused on the most are, are Stephen Sims, mm-hmm. um, who's had a really good camp. Um, you just want to see him translate it to game action, sure. no drops, the whole nine. Um, Antonio Gandy-Golden, you know, draft pick. Um, didn't play much last season because of the injury. Right. Can he really prove himself? 
Um, and DeAndre Carter, a guy they signed to be a, a, a slot guy and a returner. Um, how does how does he handle both phases? Right. Um, those are those are the three. I'm trying to think of it. Am I missing anybody? Harmon, maybe. Harmon, yep. too. Yeah, coming yeah. off the knee injury. I mean, a bigger receiver. This this could be a time where he really stands out from the pack if he has yeah. some big performances. So. Because I think one of the, I mean, you, you're looking at if Carter makes it, there's seven guys. If mm-hmm. if you know, same maybe with Sims too, with mm-hmm. with Stephen Sims. Um, I think with Harmon, I don't know that you keep seven. Right. Because I'm not sure. I think if you're keeping seven, that seventh guy is probably a returner of some sort. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, totally. And I think, and this is what, you know, we asked Ron after the last practice on Tuesday is, you know, how much do you have to factor in the fact that you like these guys a lot, but maybe not enough for the 53? Right. Do you worry about losing them on, on waivers? Um, does that factor in on whether you keep or cut a guy? Um, and he said yes. So yeah. I think that's another thing you have to be looking for especially in preseason because now it's you know they get practice tape but now they got game tape right, that right. you know that the, league, the league sees so. and I think that's going to be an interesting one too, too I mean I look at Gandy Golden as probably being ahead because of the draft pick because guys right. who drafted him still like like him and are still here right but you never know if Harmon goes out and balls out if Sims if Sims or Carter have really good returns and I know with Steven it's always going to be about ball security and although Carter had some fumbles too right. as a returner so it's really going to be an interesting way to see how it shakes out on the other side the defensive backs kind of in that same position I mean mm-hmm. you know you you're probably looking at a, a one or two Special teams only guys there. How do you assess that group for those last couple spots? Yeah, I think as camp has gone on, we've kind of gotten a sense for who they view as, you know, their starting core, be it, you know, in base or nickel. Um, but the guys on the fringe, like, you know, Cole Luke and uh, mm-hmm. rookie Derek Forrest, who is primarily a special teams guy but has had some big plays in camp mm-hmm. at safety. Um, Tory McTyre's come up with some big plays. Um, these lesser-known guys – how many DBs are they going to keep? Right. Are they going to keep five safeties, five corners? And, you know, I think a lot of it will depend on how they view these guys in terms of rotation. How many guys are corners and safeties? How many guys are slotting corners? I, you know, they got a lot of versatility back there. Will that factor into the final number, you know, in addition to needs at other positions? So, how they use those guys, how they're mixing them in, that'll just that'll be something to watch for sure. Absolutely. Do you think um, even with tight end, it almost seems like that's shaking out to be mm-hmm. a three solid guys there? Do you think? Yes. I, but I'm. But again, I'm also curious. You know, if somebody stands out for the Patriots, right. that's deep on their depth right, chart. Right. Right. And that's you brought that point today with Ron mm-hmm. Rivera, and that's a good point that you're going to be playing guys that might stand out. To yeah. Because it appears as of now, as of Tuesday, that Hunter Henry might. Miss time. I don't know if he was slated to play at all in this game, but it means more opportunity for guys deeper on their depth sure. chart. So, um, might they use this game to look at other tight end talent? Because you know, here it's it's Logan Thomas and everybody else. It's Logan and probably like Tamaric Hemingway and Bates right, right now seem to right. be a further ahead. Sam still looks like he's got need another year yeah. to develop. And he's an interesting one because yeah. they took a flyer on him, gave him what a two year deal. Mm-hmm. You cut him, he goes on waivers. Are you worried that somebody else is going to claim him? Do you have to keep him initially? Put you put him on IR. Right. You know, there's, right. there's, if there's all, a way to do that, and I right. think they'd probably like to find a way to keep him. Yes. And not play him. Right. At this point. Right. Going not as, it, as of right now. Ready. Right. Correct. Yes. What have you seen? What's kind of stood out? Even if it's compared to last year's camp, yeah. does anything stand out to you? 
the comfort level of, of the staff, the returning players. I mean, I think that defensive line is just a force. Um, you know, we're just seeing it start to come together. And we, we as, as media, didn't have a ton of time right. seeing it either because there wasn't OTAs. There wasn't minicamp, um, no preseason. But the confidence of that group is, is noticeable. Um, it's loud, too. <laughs> it's very loud. And that's what you know, Montez talked about. He, yeah. he admitted, like, he's feeling really good. That's yeah. when you hear him talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think there's a, there's a trickle effect there. I mean, their, their confidence up front not to mention their their play and total dominance. Right. It just that's big for this team, and the, and the the staff appears more comfortable. It's you don't get the full picture since you haven't had a game yet. Um, but in Ron has said this, it, you know you can start to see them getting a better feel for how to best right. use players um, given their skill set. Offensively, what's standing out to you, or what's jumping out to you? What do you what do you think so far? The talent at receiver. I mean, they do have a lot of talent. Um, you know, and that's that's gonna that's gonna lead to some difficult decisions. Um, you Which know, is what you want. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's a good problem to have. Um, quarterback is still a concern to me, and though Ron says he's he's pleased with where his his guys are at, he would you know he's anxious to get Kyle Allen back from you know his ankle injury. And the depth there is, is concerning Correct. to me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been games when. Taylor or practices when Taylor Heineke appears to be, you know, a little hobbling, but he plays through it to his credit. But you know, if if he goes down and Kyle Allen is still dealing with injuries, Steven Montez does not appear ready for for game time. You just have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and to me, they gotta they have to really assess what they have in that group and what they may. They still need, need Kyle Allen healthy. Yes, yes. What have you thought of Ryan Fitzpatrick's looking? I thought he's looked good to me. I, training camp is always hard to tell with the quarter, quarterbacks because, you know, an interception, we can instantly put the blame on the quarterback, but we also don't know if Correct. he was told to do that. Right. Um, but and sometimes, I, and even Ron said, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, sometimes, yeah. like as Ron was saying too, like, or in those some situations, the guy might just force a ball because you don't want to run. Right. Like, too much running is bad for a quarterback in a practice setting. Right. So you don't always know, but anyway, go on. I, I think the most noticeable thing with Ryan are the little details like he's he's the first one out and to me that's a cliche that doesn't really matter but he's the first one out and he's the one talking to Steven Montez right. before practice right. he's working with the younger guys he's one of the last ones on the field and he's talking to the tight ends Correct. Yeah. he's on the sideline working things out with Terry McLaurin on a certain route like the little details and the rapport he has with the guys they, they it's, it's similar to Alex Smith right. in that he's a veteran and He's he's interested in helping them, and he's he's got that personality that works well for guys half his age. Works right. well for you know, yeah, no. you know, guys that are closer to his age. Um, you know, and I, I think that's that's huge for a guy at that position because it is. You're counted on to be a leader. And you know, it's funny because you bring that up, and there's one day where, and sometimes after these pr- you know, practices, it's hard to see guys because we're mm-hmm. blocked by the. You know, banner behind. You know, where we're talking to the to the coaches or mm-hmm. to Ron or whomever is up there. But I see him one day out there with Adam Humphreys, and he's right. like, he's basically going. If and I could kind of my get my gather of what he was saying was that you know basically, if there's the leverage is here, I need you to do this. If leverage is there, let's do this. But he's talking over the guy he's familiar with, and then you work it out, and you say, okay, mm-hmm. you, let's pretend there's a linebacker in this area. What are you doing? And mm-hmm. it's like those little things add up, and it's yeah. why, like you said, it's why players. 
I think what, that's what they talk about with him all the time. Yeah, it's it's the details and the fact that he's he's seen so much. You know, having been in the the league sixteen seasons, that you know you you, you value it when a guy like that is is going through the the finest of details of a certain route or a certain play because right. he knows that's going to come right. up. Um, you know, and they they've adjusted things on the fly because of his experience and what he's seen and. and how he knows to adapt. And I think, again, similar to Alex Alex Smith, who a lot of the younger receivers said last year, kind of calmed them down right. in game situations. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can have that same effect with this group. What What's concerning to you after a few weeks of camp? For me right now, it's still the quarterback situation, the depth there, just and, and because, you, you know, we, yeah. we everybody is – witness it you know yeah. they when was the last time they've gone through a full season with one starting quarterback um you know it's you, your backup is in my opinion just as important as your starter yeah. and I I don't feel right now that they have their reliable backup they have two guys who I think can be very good backups but can they stay healthy can they right. um play consistently enough you know if, they, if they're if they're needed in like week six or something, um, and that's that to me will always hold the team back if they don't have the quarterback play that they need. Concerned with Curtis Samuel, I know he's yeah. going to be coming back soon because he's on the pup list. So now it's just about yep. conditioning. But what, what's a lot? I don't know about concern or because that might be. I don't know if that's too strong a word at this point. But. Well, I think they have the luxury of him knowing the system. Right. This is a guy that has worked with Scott Turner, knows the system knows you know his top other receiver and Terry quite well um but it he's been out for two months and when a guy has been out that long you really start to wonder the severity of the injury um and they're labeling it a groin injury which could mean anything and you know in the midsection so yeah you you wonder if that's something he's going to be able to overcome is it going to linger during the season um is he going to be in in game shape by the start of week one how long will it take them to develop a chemistry with with the quarterbacks, with the with the other skill position guys? Um, yeah, that that is a concern. But for a guy who's familiar with staff, familiar with the system, you know, it's Ron doesn't seem terribly concerned he does yet. Not. Do you sense a difference? Even when you're going back to the what we were talking about earlier about you know just overall camp. Do you sense a difference even among the coaches, whether it's a practicing with a different level of confidence, a different level of purpose, anything mm-hmm. that might be. I don't know if that's like looking for something that I don't know if it's there mm-hmm. or not, but do you sense any of that? Yeah, a little bit. I felt like a lot last year, they were all trying to feel each other out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the guys that were holdovers from the previous regime, they were still trying to figure out the staff. They hadn't, right. before camp, they hadn't really worked right. with these coaches right. on the field at all. So there was, you know, an acclimation period, you know, literally, but also, you know, just in, in – learning each other and I feel like this year even with all the new players that have come in there's there is that energy I I just feel like you know with what they did last season just the foundation they laid and going back to the playoffs um, and surprising a lot of people I I think that that was a confidence boost for the guys that have come back and you can I feel like you can sense that among them that they know that there's maybe have a chance to build on something but as the other thing that I've noticed too is a lot of guys kind of repeat some of Ron's sayings. Oh yes, yes. That to me is a sign of a buy-in. Absolutely, yes. I mean, you hear it from Chase all the time. You hear so many guys use the the phrase that Ron be loves: be, "Be where your feet are." <laughs> Don't draw me a map unless you've been there. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I think they, they have bought in and there's a trust level there. And, and Montez said that today that, you know, he, he does feel more confident. He's bought into what the coaches are teaching him. And, you know, they have not a ton of proof, but they have that one season where you could see the effects, you know, if, if they're all in it together. This is what they can do at the very least. Now they just want to go beyond that. Last one. Has anybody surprised you in camp? Any Anybody in particular? Good or bad? Either way. I think, honestly, Cosme. Because he looked shaky at the beginning of camp. Montez was really working. <laughs> and there were still days. But, you know, that's, that's a hard spot to take over as a rookie. Um, and he's starting to hold his own. We'll yeah. see how he does in games. But... You know, he's, you can see progress, yeah, and, I and I think that's important. Um, Logan Thomas is another. I mean, he had a great year last year, but he he looks like he's put on 10 pounds of muscle. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. And yeah. you know, you know it's skilled. Funny, but you talk about like where I bring up confidence, and I think he's, mm-hmm. because he had that success, I think there's a different level of what he feels like he can yeah. do, and you see it the way he uses his body. Yeah. The, I mean, just watching him, like, I'll watch him in pass protection sets. He is the blueprint. I always I consider McLaurin the blueprint for every other receiver. Mm-hmm. He's the blueprint for how you need to block him. Just mm-hmm. I can tell when it's him, even from a distance, because he's, yeah. like, he's the base and all the hands. But there's a consistency and a confidence that seems, he's, oh, seems absolutely. to have elevated. I think he's going to – he could have a huge season as long as the quarterback situation is okay. Um, and I, I, I find him so impressive because this is a guy that was – Drafted in the fourth round, no less, as as a quarterback, and can now be one of you know a, a top ten tight end. I mean that's 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 if anything's a show of pure athleticism. I mean that's right. you know and the intellect to be able to do both yep. positions. So there you go, Nikki. We're starting to bake out here. It's time to get out of the sun. Thank you. I agree. Thank you. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An Underdog Fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Nikki and Khalid for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode, likely Friday morning, when we've had a chance to process the preseason opener against the Patriots. I'll also have another draft on underdog fantasy. Look for that soon. Talk to you next time.